0: Hello friends, welcome to the Unblocked Podcast. I am your host, Jessica Smarrow, and as always, I'm thrilled to have you tuning in today. Because today I'm gonna talk about intentionality, awareness, and self-value. A lot of people come to me and they're interested in personal growth. But here's the deal, this is not for the faint of heart. Like Growth doesn't just happen. Growth requires planning, grit, Perseverance, determination, discipline, and courage. You got to go spelunking into all the nooks and crannies of you. And for some, that might be a completely foreign process. For some, it might sound terrifying. And for others, the idea is thrilling. But wherever you may land on the spectrum, the reality is self-exploration and self-knowledge is required for growth. It's required to... Step into your passion, to reach for your potential. So to get on the growth change train, this requires many things. But today I want to talk about intentionality, awareness, and self-value. These are the these are three things that are required for the growth process. Uh, so I'm gonna start with intentionality. We get older on accident, but we don't get better on accident. This is where intentionality comes in. Growth actually requires a plan. So pause for a second. Ask yourself, do I have a plan for my growth? Right? The Most people, the answer is no, right? Like until I got really intentional about um, my goals and living a life on purpose and really getting unblocked, I didn't have a plan for what that process would look like. So I want you to reflect on areas in your life where you might default to then just accidental growth, right? Versus being intentional with growth. So ask yourself, do you find yourself thinking, I plan to start tomorrow, right? Versus I'm going to start right now. Or do you wait for growth to just come to you rather than taking responsibility for your growth? Do you maybe you rely on good luck rather than hard work? Or do you quit early or are you somebody who perseveres and works long and hard? Do you find yourself playing it safe or do you take calculated risks? Do you think like a victim or do you think like a learner, meaning do you find yourself thinking in terms of winning or losing rather than winning or learning? And do you rely on talent rather than relying on your character? we have to be intentional because there's a large gap between knowing and doing. Think about it. You might know the mechanics of flying to the moon, for example, but actually doing it is a completely different experience. This line of thinking is what actually motivated me to run a marathon several years back. It was a very tangible way of bridging the gap between sort of theoretical knowledge versus experiential knowledge that comes from doing. So reading about the process of running a marathon, right? Like, oh, I know that that's running 26.2 miles. I start at the finish line. I put one foot in front of the other and I get to the finish line and I've run a marathon. That knowledge is very different from doing it, being out there, actually feeling what it feels in my muscles, in my bones, in my feet, the heat, being on the streets, whatever it is. Right. So there's a large gap between knowing and doing. And um, John Maxwell actually talks about eight growth gaps. And the first one I've actually touched on briefly, which is the assumption gap. And this is assuming that I will automatically grow right? This is what leads to the accidental versus intentional growth. Another gap is the knowledge gap, this belief that I don't know how to grow. There's no curriculum for growth. Like, think about it. In our formal education and in many of our employment settings, we often received handbooks, right? But no one handed us a book. a a handbook on our personal development, or here's the how-to or the curriculum for how to grow and evolve and be on purpose the person you want to be. Another gap is the timing gap. So do you ever find yourself thinking, it's not the right time? Here we have to be mindful of, if you guys have ever heard of, the law of diminishing intent. This is the idea that the longer we wait to do something that we should do now, the greater the odds that we will never do it. Another gap is the mistake gap. If you're afraid of making mistakes that, so you don't take action, you might be stuck in the mistake gap. Or maybe you've experienced number five, which is the inspiration gap. When you find yourself thinking, I just don't feel like doing it. Uh, I'm not, I don't feel inspired. I don't feel motivated, right? This is the inspiration gap. And number seven is the comparison gap. Others are better than me. People are already doing it. This has already been accomplished. I can't do it as well as somebody else. You're stuck in that comparison gap. And then the final gap is the expectation gap. Like, I thought it would be easier than this, right? This idea that when we think about evolving to our best selves or taking action towards our dreams or our goals or our passions, we think that things will just kind of fall in line. If we put in that final puzzle piece, it's all supposed to be easy. So we have this expectation and then the reality doesn't match up. So being, intention, being intentional requires asking the hard questions and then taking action now and facing your fears. So ask yourself, like which of these eight growth, growth, excuse me, which of these eight growth gaps do you get stuck in? Are you waiting on more knowledge? Are you waiting for the right time? Are you waiting for that hit of inspiration to run into your brain? Right? Or maybe you're ready to be intentional. Maybe you're ready to go. Maybe you're saying, I don't want to get stuck in the growth gaps. I don't want to get stuck in the distance between knowledge and actually taking action. So ask yourself, where do I want to go in life? What direction do I want to go? What's the farthest I can imagine going? How long will it take? Then notice, what fears come up for you, right? Do you feel a fear of failure, So many people get stuck in that. You guys have heard me talk about that. Failure is not even an excuse. You've heard me talk about massive action. We just keep taking action until we get it done. So there's really no such thing as failure. But be honest with yourself. Is that a fear that comes up? Are you not taking action? Are you not living into your truth because of fear of failure? Or maybe that you have a fear of trading security for the unknown, and I like to say, actually, trading perceived security for the unknown, right? Or maybe you fear being overextended. Maybe you, fear you don't have enough resources. You don't have enough personal resources. So you fear being overextended. Maybe you fear what others think. Maybe you fear that you'll push others away. Now you have to ask yourself, which emotion is stronger, emotion of desire, that desire to grow and change, or the emotion of fear, one of those fears that were listed above. When I think about being intentional with growth, I I can't help but consider the upper limit problem that Gay Hendricks talks about in his book, The Big Leap. He says we can't solve our upper limit problems in the usual way that we solve problems. Usually we, we gather information or we try to replace one set of information with another. That's how we solve most of our problems. But with the upper limit problem, it must be dissolved, not solved. And the way that we dissolve it is by shining a laser beam of awareness on its underpinnings. Then it will disappear. Then you are free to take flight and take growth. So we must reflect on the fears that come up. You have to look for those hidden barriers that get in the way um, and be intentional about not letting those hold us back. You have to refuse to wait on a job or a spouse or a friend or a life circumstance to be the catalyst for the change and progress. Rather, set an intention to do it for yourself, and then once that intention is set, then we have to dive into awareness. You must know yourself to grow yourself. I love that mantra. We have to get to know ourselves before we can grow ourselves. So think about this: What is your passion? What is your purpose? Do you like what you're doing now? What would you, and if not, what would you like to do? There's a relationship between finding your passion and reaching your potential. So, do you have? A sense of direction? Do you know what your strengths are, your weaknesses, your interests, and your opportunities? We have to know where we are and where we want to go before we can go there, right? It's like a it's like a GPS system. You have to enter a starting point and a destination before the path or the directions or instructions can be provided or created. If you don't know what you would like to do, you know this because you're probably feeling confused, right? And if you're somebody out there listening that you know what you want to do, but you're not doing it, you're probably frustrated. And for those of you listening who know what you want and are doing it, you probably feel fulfilled. So if you fall into the first category, you're likely thinking, so how do I find my passion and pur- purpose? So thank you for asking. You have to actually take some time to reflect. So if you're listening to this, like get out a pen and paper and actually write out your responses to the following questions. And if they go too fast, pause this, write it down, come back to it. The first question is, do you like what you are doing now? And now, spoiler alert, many people's response to this question is no. So don't feel bad. There's no judgment. Just take time for honest reflection. Do you like what you're doing now? Then ask yourself, what would you like to do? Get curious here. Allow yourself to dream big. Allow yourself to be unrealistic. This is the part we're taking down all the barriers. We're taking down all the what ifs, all the fears and doubts, and just genuinely ask yourself the question, what would you like to do? And then next you can ask yourself, then you get a little more realistic, like, can you do what you would like to do? Maybe dig a little deeper and ask what talents, skills, opportunities are available to you that would support you in doing what you want to do? And then get really curious again, without judgment, where do you need to grow the most? Is it in skill development? For a lot of people, honestly, it's in thought work. We have a lot of limiting beliefs and we have to grow in that area before we can step towards these goals. And then the next question you want to ask is, do you know why? Like, do you know why you want to do what you would like to do? And really spend time on this. Knowing your why brings a great deal of awareness and it also helps with motivation and commitment. Also ask, do you know what to do so you can do what you want to do? I'm going to ask that again because that's a little clunky. Do you know what to do so you can do what you want to do? This might feel like a loaded question, right? You might be thinking, if I already knew, wouldn't I be doing it, Jessica? Great question, but take time to answer this anyway. Because to do what you want to do, it requires three things. Well, it requires a lot of things, I'm sure, but I'm gonna tell you about three things. It requires awareness, action, and accountability. So let's start with awareness. This means you have to actually pay attention to the choices that you make. You have to be intentional, be on purpose, and have enough awareness to notice when you're not. I was working with a client who was consistently feeling frustrated, depressed, angry, and all the all sorts of things about her career. And she told me she was, she's like, I'm just, I'm tired of crying. I'm tired of feeling terrible and overwhelmed. And she shared a story about something that had happened at work. And she went through the details of what had actually Actually happened that day. And then she ran through a litany of all of the what ifs and how it could have turned out even worse. And when she paused, I said, isn't it interesting that you're tired of crying and feeling terrible and overwhelmed? Yet, in addition to the facts of what actually happened, you're allowing your mind to go down a rabbit hole of all of the possible terrible things. And not even the real things, but the possible terrible things that could have happened, which is making you feel worse. And she looked completely shocked. She wasn't even aware of the elective suffering she was doing. So we have to pay attention. We have to be aware. We have to notice when we're getting out of alignment with our intentions and what we really want. And then the next thing is action. To do what you want to do requires action. And now this may seem too obvious to even state out loud, but the major difference between those who do what they want to do and those who do not is those who do it, do it. So don't throw things at me for being Captain Obvious here, but think about it. (laughs) Think about the people who you know who are living out their dreams and their potential. They are taking consistent action towards it and in it. They are doing the dang thing. And lastly, what I want to talk about is accountability. It's super important to build in accountability. This can be a trusted friend, a coach, or even personal accountability, but have a system set up. Know what you're willing to pay, not just financially, that's not what I'm talking about, but what you're willing to pay in terms of time and resources and sacrifice. Like be accountable to yourself. Be honest and be accountable. Okay. So I've talked about intentionality and awareness. And the third thing I want to talk about is self-value. In order to work on personal growth and in order to step into your passion, your potential to live the life that you want to be living, you must value yourself. Self-esteem is a key driver to human behavior. Low self-esteem blocks our potential. And here's the other thing, the value that we place on ourselves is actually the value that others place on us. So many people come to me in pain because they want someone else in their life to love them or see their worth, right? They come like, they're like you know, it's a partner, it's somebody at work, it doesn't, they want someone to love them and see their worth. And when we start doing the work, it becomes very apparent that self-love and self-worth are lacking, So I'm going to walk us through some keys to increasing self-value. These aren't really in any particular order. So just seven things that I'm going to talk us through. And the first one is to be vigilant with your self-talk. Like the person that you hear the most in your life is you. And we tend to believe the thoughts that we have about ourselves, And those thoughts then dictate how we show up in the world. They dictate the actions we take or we don't take. And think about it. People out there who are living their dreams, those people who are shattering glass ceiling ceilings and living in their zone of genius, they're not thinking, I can do this. Like, that is not the thought going through their head. There is not that negative self talk that I can't do this. I'm not sure if I'm capable. So, you have to pay attention to your self talk. Uh, The second key is uh, to self value is to stop comparing yourself to others. This is an unnecessary distraction. What others are doing is none of your business. They are on their own journey, working through their individualized life curriculum. It's comparing yourself to somebody else is as silly as the moon and sun comparing themselves or a rose comparing itself to grass. They have very different purposes. They have very different paths. And so do you. There's no need for comparison. All right. Third thing to move beyond, you have to move beyond your self-limiting beliefs, right? So this sort of relates to that first one with self-talk, but you've got to move beyond your self-limiting beliefs. A belief is just a thought that you've thought multiple times. It doesn't make it true, right? So you first, got to identify a limiting belief that you want to change, and then notice how that belief limits you. Decide how you want to act, feel, or think, and then choose a statement, a belief, or a mantra that aligns with how you want to think, feel, and act. So let's, let's walk through an example for that. So first, the first step was identify a limiting belief you want to change. So maybe that limiting belief is you think that you're not good at making decisions, right? So the second step is notice how that belief limits you. So notice that you might, maybe you feel insecure when you think I don't make Good choices, right? I don't, I'm not good at making decisions. Then notice how it limits you. Maybe you hold back in meetings. Maybe you don't speak up when you have good ideas at work. Maybe you don't contribute to deciding which restaurant you and your friends go to, or you don't make a decision about which house you and your spouse live in. Then you want to decide how you want to feel. So if you decide, I don't want to feel, I don't want to have this limiting belief that I'm not good at making decisions. I want to feel confident and decisive instead. So you decide you want to start making choices and decisions in your life. And then you want to come up with a useful mantra or turnaround statement. And so in this example, it might be something like, I make decisions. And if it doesn't give me the result I want the first time, I will keep making decisions until I get there. Or maybe it's simply, there are no wrong decisions right? Or maybe you think there are just decisions and the results of those decisions. I get to keep deciding, right? So come up with a useful statement that you can continue to remind yourself. Okay. Number four, another key to helping with self-value is adding value to others. If you're feeling stuck, if you're struggling with seeing your worth, do something for someone else. It's very simple go out and serve, do something for someone else. This will help with self-value. The the fifth one is do the right thing, even if it's the hard thing. This will help with self-esteem. Knowing you are willing to live in integrity and act in your truth, even if it's hard, even if it's unpopular, this will result in you valuing yourself. And then number six, celebrate your small victories. When we're stuck in low self-esteem, we often dismiss what we do well. We often ignore the successes. So we need to turn that around by paying attention to and celebrating the small victories. Get your magnifying glass out, look for the victories, look for what you're doing well, point it out, think about it, talk about it. And the last key I will mention today is take responsibility for your life you do not need anyone or anything to change in order for you to value yourself more. It's an inside job. So take control, take responsibility, take ownership. Today, you can start, you can write down a list of all your best personal qualities, review it regularly, add more as you notice more. All of it is 100% in your control and 100% your responsibility. So stepping into your potential requires intentionality, awareness, and bucket loads of self-value. If you find yourself stuck in any of these areas and or you are ready to get unblocked in some other area of your life, you don't have to do it alone. Head over to jessicasmorrow.com. You can start working with yours truly. Until next time, my friends, stay open, stay free.